the only reason you get the million-dollar contracts, NFL players, Major League players, NBA players, is because... As you see, my Jedi powers are far beyond you. What is up, everybody? We are here. It is DCI podcast number 11. I am Jason Dardick, joined by big, sexy Bradley Crenshaw. I think I nailed that intro this time. You did get it. Very That's right. good. I remembered. It's only uh, it's only taken me three or four episodes, but I'm learning. You know, everybody's you know? got to warm up a little bit. That's exactly right. Hey, some of us learn faster than others, but uh, it takes all kinds. Guys, if you're enjoying our content so far in this series, please leave us a like. Um, go ahead and click on that bell icon. Subscribe to our channel. Yeah, it's uh, it's real easy. Just subscribe. It takes one click. That's it. Yeah. It costs you nothing. The next time I'm at the Dallas show and I'm walking around and I get told by as many people as I did that we love your videos, love your content, and you're not subscribed to our channel, get out of here. That's right. Come on. Let's go. Don't patronize check the, him. Yeah check, yeah. check the little box. Click the icon. That's right. Subscribe to the channel. Like the videos. It's real easy. That's right. We're going to keep them coming. We got the content coming. Um, That way, guys, you don't miss any second. You don't miss a single second of the DCI uh, podcast and the the media that we're putting out there. Um, You know, know, we're probably not getting many people subscribed because you're on here now. Well, you know. I mean, they're like, oh, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. Know, man. Especially when they keep putting <laughs> these edited pictures of my face as a little thumbnail. Uh, uh, you got, you got a face, face for radio, that's for sure. That's exactly right. I mean, I thought this was going to, be, you know, if you, hey, if you, if you don't, if you're tired of seeing me, you can find our podcast on Spotify. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that the, uh, the audio Just only version. Just listen to it while you're going right, down the, the audio road. Ver- the audio only version is available <laughs> um, as well. So that's the only way that I would listen to it. That's I know, man. I trust me. I know. Uh, I hear it from you all the time. So, <laughs> um, guys, last week we touched a little bit about uh, the NBA playoffs. Um, I feel like tonight is My stomach is growling for yeah, some reason. I was going to say. I wonder, I, I wonder why. I well, I was going to say I, I feel very fortunate that uh, you made the switch, the dietary change to vegetarian. Um, and that way I won't have to be buying you that steak dinner, that big tomahawk <laughs> steak dinner. But I, I thought I thought the Mavs were going to win in seven. Man, I, hey, it's not over yet. There's still time for the Mavs to win in seven. <laughs> I'm just not betting on it. I'm not holding my breath. I'm not betting on it. But it is not over yet. I um, called the Ma- – I mean, the, the Warriors win in five is what I said. Are you standing by that? I'm standing by it. Think- I still think the Mavs get one at home. I do too. They get one at home, but then the Warriors take it when they go back. I really hope so. Uh, I know a couple of friends going to the game. I hope. I hope, hope for the their Warriors, sake. You hope, you hope the Warriors win. Is that what you're saying? You, for, you hope so too? <laughs> no, I hope the Mavs win one at home. Oh, you don't want to uh, get for the swept by yep. Steph Curry and the Warriors. Not at home, for well, sure. But, not. But why not? I mean, you, you'll have like. Lameem James will be posting like some amazing content about that is the true. card prices of Luka Doncic, and I saw one the other day where it's like, well, he didn't he didn't get dunked on you, Luka investors, and that's what people <laughs> were sitting there, you know, making statements. There's always a statement that these Luka investors make that it's like, well, this didn't happen, and he's still a, he, don't get me wrong, Luka is a phenomenal player. Absolutely. He is absolutely a beast. But I'm still standing by. Card prices on Luca are ridiculous. 100%. They should never be where they're at. Let me ask you this, Brad. Do you think it, that is a combination of people joining the hobby, wanting to, seeing Luca, wanting to speculate to say, hey, like this is the next 
Steph Curry. No. This is the next LeBron. No, it's not. It's not. It's not by the new people coming into the hobby. It's by the people who have the money, mm-hmm. who have gotten, who are in the hobby, that are buying up all the Luca high end stuff, and then they're propping the market up. They're 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 pushing the market, and they're they're dumping the money into Luca, and they're keeping those numbers up because they have millions invested in Luca and they can't afford it to take a 30 or 40% downswing. Correct. And so it's priced out all of your kids who would love to have a Luca card. But I mean, what what's a hoops just a hoops Luca going to run them 100 bucks? Probably north you know, of that. I mean, and yeah, we we talk all the time and we see the kids that are in the hobby that are 15 and 16 years old, right, that have, you know, $100,000 in their little cases are toting around. But yet there's still so many kids that aren't at that level that have gotten in the hobby that have taken them out of the Luca market yep. because people are just, they have FOMO and they, they want to drive these prices up. Or you've got the people who are dumping so much money in the hobby that they can't afford to allow it to drop. So therefore they keep propping that market up, hoping that they make a championship run and then everybody wants that card. And right. now they, they've held the market up long enough Where to make can. that happen. Yep. So that's interesting. You know, we just had the Dallas card show uh, this past weekend. Um, it's one of our, one of our best shows in the country, uh, our hometown show. Uh, I know we were doing $10 RCR raw card reviews um, all show long, all weekend long there. We did um, some great interviews as well. We were set up. In a couple different spots, it was a great time getting to see everybody um, chatting as well. But something I noticed at the Dallas show was going is the kind of discrepancy in wax pricing, sealed wax prices, and then the single prices from that same product, um, just not even coming close to, let's say, you know, the National Treasures football. We saw a lot of that get ripped at the show. Um, the singles yeah and and you know as fun as that is right like the high-end rips and the case of national treasures um the the qb shields that you could pull out of there to potentially you know uh maximize you know i did buy i did buy a case of national treasures when we were there i was gonna say i will get into that here in just a second but what i was gonna say is um you know we saw a case of national treasures ripped i think the best card um the case, I think, they were into for about 16000 They pulled a T-Law, but it was like the the crossover. Right. They pulled um, a Herbert second-year auto, but I think it was a sticker. Correct. But that um, was kind of the big the big items. One of the RPAs, I know there was a cool RPA. It was a receiver, um, so a skill position player, not a quarterback. Basically, what I'm getting at here is a $15,000 case of cards. The guy probably made $10,000 15000 is cheap, by the way. Right. Right, and that you're yeah, correct. They come down. They, they come uh, out at twenty. Twenty thousand. That's correct. Um, where does the price point make sense, in your opinion, um, to rip wax, um, whether it be a case, a box? Um, do you wait for a product to come out to see kind of where the singles prices are sitting, um, where they kind of situate on the open market, or are you somebody who believes that the first to market? Um, I want to rip that product as soon as I can get my hands on it to get those singles into the market to potentially get, you know, maximum return on that. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who like to go <clears throat> and do the first to market. And mm-hmm. yes, first to market is always going to bring a premium. Sure. Every single time. 
But there's also so many people ripping to get first to market. Correct. And I believe there was a first to market card on the WWE stuff that was a John Cena color blast that the guy didn't pay for that actually sold for like 10 grand, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah, just over $11,000. Yeah. And then it ended up getting a gem with another grading company because we, you know, assisted in that, that matter just to help out a friend. But the, the first to market with that stuff is always going to be, you know, valuable, but the price points on that wax is ridiculous. It really is. And and to purchase it when it first comes out, you're always going to pay more. I actually bought a, bo- a box of WWE. Yep. I didn't buy the box of WWE until probably a month after it was out. But when it first came out, there was people selling those boxes for $1,600, $1,700 a box. Correct. I think, were you in Boston with us that oh, time? Yep. Yep. So we're in Boston, and they're like $1,600, $1,700 a box. And I was like, I'm not paying that Double for a retail, box of WWE. Right. Then the next week, we went to New York. We was at a New York show, and the boxes were $1,100 a box. And I was like, all right, I'll, that's $500 cheaper. I'll, I'll buy a box. Now I noticed them at the Dallas show. They were like $600 a box. They dropped another $500. Crazy. And so I think a lot of that is just being patient. I mean – What's what's the flawless cases going for now that that triple logo man's been pulled? It, it's, I mean, they've, that, they've come they out. were at forty grand a, a box or a case or with two packs in them or whatever. So I mean, there's good and bad. I mean, if you if you can get your product early and you get it at a good price, you know, you're one of the distributors and you get in on that level. Yep. Then ripping and being first to market can be profitable mm-hmm. if you hit something well. If you are um, buy, if you're out there buying from some of these aftermarket dealers that are all out there, uh, I believe by the time you get your product in and you get it ripped, there's so much more that's already in the market, and so therefore, the prices aren't going to unless you hit something big, massive. You know, I mean, I, I did. Gambling at I saw a post, and I want to say it was by, it might have been by Lamine James as well. It was by or Card Porn or one of them. But they said something along the lines. They were talking about the LaMelo Ball Flawless. And that you spend $40,000 a case or $20,000 a box or whatever it was. And the biggest card that you pull was that one. I mean, well, that's one of the big cards. I mean, that's one of the chase cards. It's the big rookie that everybody's chasing. But the card sells for like seven or eight grand. And so that's when I look at ripping wax and I look at those prices of that, you have to look at what those cards are going to sell for. And I mean, if even if you get lucky enough to hit the big card out of there, you're still not going to come out in the positive. It's crazy. And that's where I think the, the discrepancy in price between the sealed wax and the singles um, has just really eliminated the, the ripping grade kind of market of the hobby except for that extremely high-end uh product and even then um like you said on the labello they're gonna make you know they hit one of the top 20 cards of the product and are gonna make 40 percent of the box back right and it's I, w- I walked around that dallas show and i was like you know what i'm gonna look at some of the some of the lower tier players of this year's nt in some of these cases i'm not paying twelve thousand dollars for davis mills <laughs> I'm, I'm just not gonna do it i'm not paying $8,000 for Kyle Trask. Right. I'm not doing it. You tell me 
why those players are are fetching those types of numbers. It's the FOMO. Right. It's, it's everybody is trying to grab and they're trying to figure out what the next you know big deal is. You know, and it, it's it's just a market. It's a funny market. But what draws me back to the unproven players bringing the value that they do. Sure. Or even players with no championships that are bringing the value that they do. So, you know, I mean, we definitely – I feel we're going to make some sort of correction yeah. on, on some of that, you know, stuff. Singles prices versus And it's versus already slacks. started uh, a little bit. So, yeah. So, let me ask, um, as somebody who is an investor – uh, both singles and sealed wax. Um, I know you picked up this weekend a case of National Treasures football. What is your plan to maximize your profits or, you know, you maximize your return on your investment? What are you talking about, man? I'm going to rip the shit out of it. Come on I mean. now. I know better than that. <laughs> I wish. I wish you would. But I know better uh, than that. I got asked. People <laughs> saw me with that case. And I, got, I bet I got asked six times after they saw me. Did you rip that case? Did you rip that case? No. Uh, I actually bought the case, walked straight over to the PWCC uh, booth at Dallas, dropped the case off, and checked send to Premier Auction in August. Uh, and the reason being is August is that month before football season starts, so your preseason football gets cranking. It's right before season kicks off on September 8th. People are getting in that, that football mode, and that $15,000 case that I bought – Will probably bring me somewhere around. It'll be between twenty and twenty-two thousand. Is what it should sell for in August. So let me ask you this: Why would you rather risk fifteen thousand dollars on, let's just say, the draft class of twenty twenty-one football? Right. Let's say the the draft class that comes in that National Treasures product mm-hmm. for that year. Why would you rather say I'm going to put fifteen thousand dollars into this draft class? Versus, let's say, I'm going to go buy a $15,000 Mac Jones RPA. And, and you know, I say Mac Jones, but it could be anybody. Why would you rather buy sealed wax of a class versus a single um, a single card, maybe, for so the it's, same? Yeah. No, I mean, so it's, it's, it's you know, it, it's spreading out my risk over the entire class rather than one player. So it's kind of the difference between <clears throat> buying – you know, individual stock with say American Airlines, or buying uh, a mutual fund, which yeah. is a class of you know different investments. So, sure. it it just your your growth on it is not going to be as strong when you buy the sealed wax, but you're going to get a steady growth mm-hmm. like you would in a mutual fund. So, your chances of losing money in wax is minimal compared to you losing money on an individual card. Interesting. So you would say probably a higher floor for return on investment, but maybe a lower ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the $15,000 case, I could tell you this, uh, it's not going below $15,000. Sure. I'm not, I'm not going to lose money on that case. There's, it's just not, it's not going to lose any money. It's only going to go up from that point. And I'm telling you the closer we get to seal to, for the season, season. You're going to have people who are wanting Trey Lance. You're going to have people who are wanting Justin Fields. You're going to have people who are wanting, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence. You're going to have people who are wanting those guys and Mac Jones and and so on, Davis Mills and, you know, whoever, that that they're going to want to rip those cases. Big time. And the more breakers that are ripping those cases, the less products that are sealed as we get closer to season. 
And so we all know that scarcity raises value. Yep. And that's, that's why I bought it and hold it. I love it. So, Brad, I have ripped some cases of wax with you in the past. It's something I really enjoy doing. Um, let me know how you, your thoughts kind of on when you spend a bunch of money and you're ripping through a bunch of wax and you open a pack and you get a redemption card. Do you love redemption cards? I hate redemption cards. And why is that? Because nine times out of ten, they don't get redeemed. Uh, I end up with, you know, the, the card sitting there for months, years, and then you end up, you know, selecting. You can go on Panini's website and select, you know, to receive just the points or, you know, some other monetary value to something. And so I just, I'm not a, I'm not a redemption guy. It's like this year, I did look at Kyle Trask on, on some purchases, but his true RPA to 99 is a redemption. And I'm not buying it. I, I'm just not. I thought, you know what, if I want to buy some of Kyle's stuff, I'll wait and let other people redeem them if they get redeemed and then i'll purchase them i just hate redemptions because they just they they sit there you know it's interesting a lot of people are unfamiliar with a redemption and like why panini would kind of put it in the the product in the first place um it they kind of act as like an iou of sorts um a lot of times just for those who are unfamiliar you can get a redemption card um, in place of an autograph or a hit um out of that certain product Basically, Panini just did not, or whichever company, I know Tops does them, Upper Deck's done them in the past. Um, basically, what this says, a redemption is going to be a, a code, a redemption code, something that you go to the company, um, redeem it online, and they will send you whatever your hit was, whether it be an autograph, a numbered card, something so like that. So you let me tell you what the redemptions mean to me when you talk about it's a IOU? I was hoping we could get into this, too, but well, go ahead. Yeah, the, what, the redemptions fall in the same line as the sticker autos. <clears throat> I, you, you all know I'm a huge planner. I, I like things organized. And to me, a sticker auto and a redemption screams laziness. 100%. It screams not prepared. Those are the things that, and as a, as a you know card producing company, if I'm going to produce a high-end product, I'm not sticker auto in it. That's let me mail the, the, the athlete some stickers because we don't want to fly him in and spend the time to have him sign the cards here. So it's easier and less cost for me, yet I'm still going to raise the prices 15 20% to the consumer. Laziness. And greedy. Greedy. Right. Redemptions. Same thing. Oh, we didn't plan properly to get these players and athletes in here to sign So we're going to throw the redemptions in here so we can go and collect our money on the front side for all the product. And then maybe, just maybe, if we feel like it, we'll get that player in to sign those cards. Or if we can convince that player at some point, even though we made a promise that that player is going to sign these cards, then we'll get them in here. But if they don't, then, oh, tough luck. We'll give you 150 panini points what get out of here and panini's up the road well I'm, I'm glad you went down you know the kind of the accountability side of things um from the redemption side is from the manufacturer uh there is a story that's kind of come up recently in the last couple days uh the manufacturing company card manufacturing company leaf um have are they've announced <clears throat> that they're actually suing uh dallas cowboy wide receiver cd lamb for not being able to fulfill 
his side of the contract that they signed with him to complete his autographs. Cowboy. <laughs> All right. So here's what I want to ask you. Who does this fall on at, for the consumer of the Leaf product? Is this how, – how would you, I guess, as Leaf – go about handling the issue with the athlete that you had signed to fulfill the contract. Um, do you think Leaf is handling this the right way for consumers of their cards to then say, hey, look, here's how we're handling it with CD Lamb. Unfortunately, your redemptions are not able to be fulfilled. We are handling it legally with him, and we will make it right with you once that's um, settled. Or is there something you know um, to be said about having redemptions in the product in the first place? Um, you know, maybe if, if you didn't have redemptions, get rid of redemptions, right, stick autos, and we wouldn't have any of this problem. And that's, I, I've seen both sides kind of from the card community so far. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. It is tricky because I do think it is the first time a contract has been. And I, and um, I, and I love that mm -hmm. belief. I, I love it. Hold the players accountable. Absolutely. And I think I've talked about, the discipline of the Dallas Cowboys before, right? I think you have. Okay. This screams undisciplined. 110%. You have a contract. You then decide, oh, I want to spend my time in Turks and Caicos rather than go sign the cards for my collectors who want to buy my cards. I don't have time for that. Undisciplined. Rude. Agreed. You, the only reason you get the million-dollar contracts, NFL players, Major League players, NBA players, is because of people like me and Jason and anybody else that's in the hobby is the only reason you're paid those contracts. is because we're willing to pay to come see you play. We're willing to buy the cards so you can get the, the contracts. We're willing to buy your jerseys. Right. And, and wear those, and yet you can't take the, the little bit of time out of the day to go sign some cards for a contract that you committed to? Crazy. I don't know if it's just Cowboys, but it's a coincidence. It's such a wonderful coincidence that this <laughs> happens to be a Cowboy because I've talked about their undisciplinedness and how they will never win because they are not disciplined enough to do so. If they can't sign a card, what in the world makes you think that he's going to be able to catch a pass when it's in a crucial down? He's going to short arm it because he's worried about getting hit too hard and not getting his $50 million that come from the collectors, that come from us doing all that stuff. So, man, I'm, I, that just that irritates me the wrong way. But on the same note, Leaf, Upper Deck, Panini, Whoever else is out there, I don't even know all the card companies right. that are out there. I didn't even realize Leaf was still around. I guess what product do they produce? Donruss? No, no? they do the Leaf. Who they do? The Leaf Metal Draft and the you know some of that stuff. Yeah, Matt, that's why because I don't buy any of that. I know you don't, but yeah, it's just it's crazy. It's it's Leaf and the rest of you card companies need to get on board with preparation. Instead of trying to push all this product to production so you can pad your pocketbook, get in line with some organization and set these players up to come in-house and sign their cards. 
Get away from the redemptions, get away from the stickers, and you will find that this hobby will love you a lot more. It's interesting um, with the you know the state of the economy and the supply chain as these products keep getting pushed back and back and back, and yet um, you know products that we are very familiar with with strong brands like Prism, Donruss, things like that, um, National Treasures, Flawless. Um, it's really disheartening as a collector to see Panini tops. You know these manufacturers continue to announce new sets. How I mean how are you going to announce new sets year after year when the set, you know, the brands that you have built reputations upon and value and you, they, you're just pushing them back and back. And I mean, it's, it's you, you, can, you can tell by looking at prism, just look at the prism product. They will run 40 parallels of the same image and just change the color so they can produce more product. They do the same thing with one-of-ones. Right. You think you hit a one-of-one when there's like six different versions of that card that's a one-of-one. It's all about producing the product and putting enough of it out there that they make millions or billions of dollars. In it's printing money. It's it's printing. They they could care less about the collector. Right. All they care about is the money. That's it. And I. Don't get me wrong. I'm a businessman. I want to make money. Absolutely. I, I, I do. I, I love making money. But I also want to make sure that I'm taking care of my consumers or my customers and things along those lines. Not just It's not just about Lining making money. It's, it's not just about making money. That's right. You know, and, and I think if I think that's the one of the big problems is the greed in, in this hobby. And we've got to get away from that. And I think that, you know, reputation, if I can just speak to DCI a little bit, um, you do like making money. I know that. Um, I can tell you firsthand how many times, I can't tell you how many times firsthand somebody's offered us an extra $10 or an extra $100 to get their order pushed through faster to bump a grade, something like that. And, you know, $10 in, in, the, in the long run means nothing uh, to lose your reputation over something like that. And it is, it's very disheartening to see these giant uh, industry leading, you know, brands kind of forget that in uh in place of profit so yep. um you know i think as as we kind of continue to move through the playoffs um and into football season we'll kind of touch on some more new releases products things like that uh, i know we've got our dallas um local card shop tour as well so make sure you guys check out all of those videos and and, and follow along with our after hours series as well and the and the card shop tours, guys, is it's not to highlight DCI at all. The the card shop tours is for us to support our local card shops and highlight them and the people who have supported us. Yes, um, that is something that's you know we're going to make. You, a you'll huge see us effort. shoot some videos and record. You know, maybe opening a box or two or buying some wax. You know, buying some supplies and so on. But it it is strictly to highlight that card shop and let you see you know who the owners or the managers are of that shop and allow them a little FaceTime with our our consumers and, and our community on, on social media platforms so um, we, we appreciate y'all yeah I really appreciate you guys checking it out again if you can like and subscribe it goes a long way for us you don't want to miss any of our upcoming content um, for DCI I am Jason big sexy app awesome guys thanks